This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend, Mr. Brent Lindbergh, the principal and founder of Fuse Neo. How are you, sir? Good. That's not my official title, but good. Well, okay. That's what LinkedIn says. Uh, tell well, us, what's the real d- title, Brent? My title is Head of Curiosity. Oh, Corey. that's right. That's right. And so, yeah, I actually don't even remember where that came from. It came up along the way because we hate titles. Yeah. We had to have something to like put up. But yes, I am the founder and head of curiosity. Head of curiosity is more appropriate, I think, for you. Uh, Although the other ones make sense as well. You are the the founder (laughs) and principal. So absolutely. (laughs) Well, tell us about your story. I'm really excited to learn about your background and how you got to this very prestigious role in your career. Oof, that was very prestigious. All right. <laughs> You've earned it, sir. Man, I I have actually a couple of really incredible opportunities that that I was given and honestly had to just lean in like crazy to make the most of them. So I was I, I remember distinctly I was 17 years old. I was at a friend's house, about ready to graduate high school and head off to college. And we were talking about, oh, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. And, and his dad comes home and my friend was like, oh, hey, dad, Brent's going to school for design. <laughs> and we start talking about it. I was supposed to go to uh, Savannah, Georgia, SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. And so we start talking a little bit about it. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. You should, you should give my company a call. I think they're hiring. I was like, Great. I could use a summer gig. And so I I called this company and man, I was a nervous wreck. I had not had (laughs) enough phone experience. Like it was was like my first kind of real interview beyond working at the grocery store. Mm. And I call this guy. I was like, hey, I hear hear you're hiring. It's like, (laughs) no. Oh, <laughs> no. Shoot. I was like, oh, my my friend Mark said you might be. He's like, oh, are you a friend of Mark? So-and-so. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I said, well, we're not. If you're a friend as a courtesy, like we'll give you a mock interview. Oh, wow. Love it. Now, I had no portfolio. I had nothing. So we set up an interview like three, four days later. And I stay up. I'm not kidding. 72 hours. I bet. Wow. Like just cramming a portfolio, like I'm generating designs and I'm working on stuff just to like have a something to show and talk about. And so I stay up and I, I go and I get this interview and it was a really cool experience. And I, I meet with him, I meet with a few other guys and it was like, great. Hey, when you graduate, hit us up and we'll see if we can create a job for you. I was like, great. that sounds awesome. Amazing. And yeah, well, what was amazing was he called me like two days later and said, hey, we created a job for you. (laughs) If you want to come and lead design for us, we will pay for your college and give you a flexible schedule. Whoa. But you have to stay in Chicago. (laughs) Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. 
So I flipped my whole script. Jeez. I stayed in Chicago. They paid for my college. I was working 50 to 70 hours a week and going to uh -huh. two colleges. I was like doing my gen ads out locally and I'd commute downtown. And I was like, no sleep for like four and a half years. <laughs> I was determined to prove it like that they made the right decision. And I still don't know why they hired me. I, like, I ran into them a few years ago. I was like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. But man, talk about an incredible opportunity. What uh, was his answer to that? I'd love to hear. What did he say? Why did you hire me? Yeah. The reason was they saw potential. Oh, perfect. And honestly, I was super flattered. And I've tried to maintain a similar like potential mm -hmm. in, in people. And you can't always draw it out, I've found. Yeah. Like some people have potential that you're never going to tap, but... But yeah, that's, that was his, his reason. I think that's my favorite reason to hire somebody. <laughs> I think that's so cool to, to look into the future and say, this person could be great and add a lot of value to our company. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I, I know your background a little bit better now, but I'd love to hear about Fuse Neo. Uh, am I saying that correctly? Uh, you are, yeah. yeah. That, that you are uh, not principal and founder of, but uh, <laughs> head, head of curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So that was another kind of really cool story, how the whole thing even started, because I didn't want to start a company, honestly. I, I, it was not on my radar at all. Yeah. I was working... So that first job that I got was actually in packaging. Okay. It was a company that manufactured plastic bottles. So I was in blow molding and it was the most incredible experience. I would design something and they're like, we don't think it's going to work. And I was like, well, I think it's going to work. And they're like, well, if you're that confident about it, we'll do it. But you're going to go out into the plant and you're going to run it. You're going to process it. You're going to listen to those guys swear at you if it doesn't work. <laughs> it was great. Like It was just this incredible experience where you really learned how to communicate with the plants, where you learned how to work through manufacturing. You just you learned all of these weird nuances that you don't get behind a desk. But it's, so I, I worked there for almost a decade. And yeah, it was amazing. We were, it was like everything from converting Folgers and like just doing all these really cool projects with large brands. And my understanding of blow molding is it's very difficult. It's uh, super there, challenging. There's a, it's one of the most difficult things to do in packaging. There's a whole bunch of nuance there that people don't understand. It's a black art. And even honestly, designing for it is more challenging than people think mm -hmm. and understanding that process. So like, yeah, it's super cool. But while doing that, built a lot of relationships, really understood the process. And like years later, I was there and a, a friend that I'd worked with at the beginning of, of my career there called me and said, hey, I need your help. This wasn't something that it was in a com competing space, but it was still bottle related. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. help that. So I helped him out. And the next night he calls me. He's like, it was perfect. Can you make some revisions? Great. Well, like a week later, he calls and says, hey, the guy next to me needs help. And then like a few days later, <laughs> hey, the girl next to him needs help. like, And it just turned into pretty soon I was helping an entire team at mm -hmm. night. And after a few months of this, they brought me in and they said, hey, you should start a firm. And I was like, I don't really want to start a firm. He's like, you're not funding this, are you? He's like, no, we'll give you work. We'll make sure we throw you some projects, but you should start a firm. <laughs> And so my wife and I, who had been married less than a year and had just bought a house and we wound up saying, yeah, sure, let's make a leap and start a firm, raise enough cash to start with no debt. And it was a really cool, it was a really neat process. And then, yeah, so that was our first client was PepsiCo. 
which little small company, which is not a bad first client (laughs) to have. And then as, as engineers and and marketers would leave and they'd go off to Dana and they'd go off to Starbucks, they'd like Mm -hmm. all these other companies that they'd go into, they'd bring us with. And so we became this really super word of mouth. We didn't have, I didn't even have a website for years. Then when I did, we had a splash page with like a paragraph of text because some procurement group said we needed to have a website. I was like, (laughs) so this super kind of underground word of mouth firm amongst large brands for years. And honestly, we didn't even get really publicly known until probably six years ago. Hmm. And that was Amazon's fault. Amazon had brought us in as well. And we were acting as an extension of their team. And there were some conferences coming up and they're like, Hey, we can't speak, but you need to go talk for us. So, oh, right. You want me to just go like, yeah, you can, you're not us. You can say stuff and you can be a little more open. And it's like, all right. So I did. And that was what opened our doors to the rest of the world. We were super kind of word of mouth before that. So cool. I've been trying to get Amazon on the podcast for two and a half years and they just refuse. So yeah, they're just, they're not allowed to, I think is yeah, the, it's a lot the, of PR. That's, and I understand that they're not a small company. No. And honestly, the, the frustrating, <laughs> they'd probably be allowed to speak more. And I've seen this so much. In fact, just go look at their Instagram and it's like, people like my order didn't show up on time. And it's like, well, it's an Instagram. Like what you want customer service from Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, people just ask like, well, what is your PR? What's your legal policy on international? It's like, I'm the packaging guy. Like, so people just don't really have a filter on what questions they ask. And it's very true. It's goofy. Very true. And I would like to know the impetus of the name Fuse Neo. What, what, how did that come about? Oh, I'm assuming so, it's new Fuse. Is it something like that? Something cool? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It was one of those things where we had to file our paperwork on a certain day, right, to start the business. And it was like January 1, actually of 2008. We just celebrated 15 years or Actually, we had our party like last week, but we were just celebrating it this year, 2023, 8, January 1st. And I had to have all the paperwork in by whatever, a certain date for the legal, the lawyer to get everything going. And I, Mm -hmm. my wife and I were up late, like, what do we name? Every name I came up with, like, didn't have a good URL with it. And I wanted like a good something clean.com, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't want .net or .org or whatever. And so every name that I was working through had like, I couldn't find URLs. And the whole idea though, the fuse. So I wound up coming up with a complicated name and we've heard (laughs) every pronunciation under the sun, but it is fuse Neo, like two words. So fuse is really about merging together. And this was about bringing together the disciplines and engineering and art. And like, it was all of this, all of these different backgrounds and experiences that really lead to, to well-informed decisions. And then all of that to create something new. So that was the driver behind it. And then the little understory of, like I, going back, would I change it? Man, probably something a little bit easier to say and friendlier, but it is that now. I Be think free. it's I think it's a great name. I think it's something you'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, we'll be in Packaging Europe together in November. I'll be there. Okay. I think yeah. I'm there. Yeah. I saw you. Well, I saw your picture on the website. All right. Then I, maybe I'm there. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> we, we can speak exclusively in Italian. Yes. That's the plan, at least. I I won't last very long there, though. (laughs) So let's talk about Sustainability Central at PAC Expo. Oh, gosh, yeah. That was our first meeting in person. 
and our friend, our mutual friend, Avelia Matos introduced us and you were the moderator of our panel. And I think you did an awesome job as a as someone who moderates panels, I know it's not easy, especially with the group that we had on stage. <laughs> Tell us about that. How did that come about? And what is Sustainability Central all about? Yeah. So sustainability is so infused into the DNA of, of what we do at Fuse Neo. And that's something I think that's that I built the firm on was this kind of process and material agnostic approach. Mm -hmm. I came from the world of bottles where the solution to every problem is a bottle. And there's a lot of people in packaging come from the world of boxes and corrugate where every solution is a box and you use corrugate. And I honestly, I remember conversations where clients would come in. I had a client one time, Slim Jim came in and said, Hey, what should we do with our beef sticks? It was like, I put them in a bottle, I guess. That you came to a bottle <laughs> company and asked what I should do with beef sticks. Like, that's what else am I going to give you? Yeah. I don't think it's the right thing to do, but you could do it. We designed some stuff, but I just like I. It was a struggle for me to really only have to represent one process and one material. And so, mm-hmm. the beginning of Fusnio started with it was branching into all different formats. We've done everything from like leather to aluminum to welded like to corrugate and papers and films, flexibles, and Hmm. you name it, we've probably touched it. All these obscure formats and and more new processes Hmm. and materials, and and we've dabbled in them or done full-out projects in them. And so I think our approach that's very, has a very, and it's design-based, but it has a very engineering approach. Our engineers keep everything in check on the team, and we make sure it's manufacturable. But so that there's that level of like reality check and sanity combined with our desire to explore and that innate creativity. And and I think when PMMI approached us, and they approached a few others, I think as well about it, it was just it was a great fit, and we were all about helping people really take this unbiased approach to trying to identify the right things for their brand. And so when we went in, it was all about, hey, we're going to, we want to bring people in that aren't exhibiting here, that can't afford to be here. So we're not going to charge anybody. This is all about like, there's no sales pitches. There's nothing like we had really clear expectations of what we wanted, both in the large exhibit space, as well as on stage. And so they gave us pretty darn good freedom and control over over what happened. It was an impressive mix of people, ideas, concepts, some not even totally flushed out all the way, which I think is perfect because sustainability needs to be new, innovative, looking at concepts like scrap, Sway, mm-hmm. some of these companies. It was great to see Mikey Pesciuto from Scrap in there yeah. explaining how his process works and not selling it, but advising people about it. I think you're exactly right. You had the concept was correct. I totally agree with what you did. Students all over the place, which I thought was really cool. Michigan State represented. That was actually a really cool, that was such a unique part of the process because we, there was this desire to have universities involved. And at first it was like, well, maybe it's university challenge or we do something else. And then there was this component of research and the work that they're doing. And I'm, I happen to be on the board at MSU and we get every once in a while, like presented some of the research that's happening. And I just knew there was all sorts of really neat work that was being done. So the idea came down to reach out to as many schools as we could and 
really try and understand what research and what work they could present. Some of the schools weren't doing anything research-based. Yeah. That was fine. And then some of them were doing a lot. And and so giving them a stage and a platform to present some of that work to people and, and having them there to explain it was really important for us. Well, the students I spoke with were very impressive. Tell me about that story. How did you get on the board there? I think it's a really awesome thing to to be a part of. MSU? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one of those. I don't know why they invited me. <laughs> I think my name got put in as a disruptor, to be honest. I, I sure. think yeah. the, the board is traditionally alumni, and I'm not an alumni. And it's people that are typically engineers in the packaging space. And so let's bring in a designer who right. plays an engineer on TV. <laughs> and, and so it's like, I've always lived my life around designers or of engineers and, and, and manufacturers. And I'm really heavily involved in engineering, but that bridging that gap and helping think more creatively, helping to push envelopes and processes, helping to disrupt a little bit. That's just, it's something I liked to do. So yeah, we had a number of conversations about whether it was a good fit and, uh, and, are they willing to move fast enough? Are they willing to make changes or things like that? And then they invited me to be a part. I'm totally impressed with MSU. They've done some very innovative things recently. Aaron Tucker, one of their advisors, mm-hmm. uh, has been on the podcast before. And some massive influx of funding and some great opportunities for students. Just great school. Certainly, uh, I won't say which one is my favorite packaging school, but uh, (laughs) it's certainly one of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a cool program, and it's been fun to be a part of this transformation and development over the last several years. Yeah. So is orange your favorite color? Every time I've seen you, you've had an orange shirt or or, uh, on. No, yesterday was blue. Uh, it really just depends. I love it. <laughs> that That's the cool part of being a designer and a business owner. You can wear really cool stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, my, my daughter wanted me to wear Sushi Cats yesterday. So, <laughs> Sushi Cats it was. Boom, Sushi Cats. Tell me about these, these circles behind you. They're really interesting. Those are drum heads. Oh, um, so I'm okay. a drummer. Don't play a ton now, but I played a lot and number of years ago, I had this crazy idea to have house shows. And so we'd we'd invite these bands that were coming through, like out of Nashville and some other places, to come to our house and play there. And we had this really killer setup. And we'd fit like 75 people in my family room, like around, it was awesome. And we put on these great little super intimate shows. And so, yeah, it was just different bands that came through. I love that. So they would sign the the... Snare yeah, cover I'd, give and, a drum, yeah. I'd give him a drum yeah. head and a silver marker and just say, hey, make art, do it. I don't care what you do with it. Just <laughs> do something fun. Some of those are pretty intricate. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Well, great idea. Anything else that you wanted to tell us about Fuse Neo or about what's going on with you? Oh, man. There's just there's a lot of really fun stuff happening in the packaging space with the new materials, all of the, the push to sustainability. The packaging space in general is just a, a super fun dynamic place to be from i was talking to somebody the other day that like that is deals in car components and then you talk to somebody else who's working in ice cream and apparel and you're like i that's something that i to me i absolutely love about this industry about what we do and it really we had one day we were working on ice cream and the next day we were working on like 
servers. Couldn't be more diverse. Yeah. And then the next day we're working on like a marketing campaign, which are fun. We did that like a uh, little Tropicana spritzer thing. Oh, you did uh, that? That was awesome. Yeah. And, and so that. it's like, you just, it's, you never really know when you're in our space where it's really, we look across all those materials and we touch all those things. <laughs> we get to explore just about anything. Can you explain the spritzer to the audience? I, I'm totally impressed with that, but how does it work? Well, so that was a whole marketing thing. Brands, especially legacy brands that your, the product is always the same and that then they really want to be, you don't want to change orange juice all yeah. the time. Like it's yeah. orange juice and they, they need content. They need things to talk about. And so they had seen a, a, a viral trend of somebody who basically made their mimosa <laughs> with a whole bunch of champagne and they put orange juice in a spray bottle and like one little <laughs> spritz of orange juice. Just enough. And so when they came to us, they're like, hey, we want to make a, an orange juice spritzer. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what's a spritzer mean? So we were concepting like, is it a perfume waft or a little like bubble thing? Or yeah. is it like a, an, an eyedropper type thing? Like we concepted all these different ways of like putting tiny amounts of orange juice into, <laughs> which is a weird job. Trust me. I know. Awesome job. Yeah, um, It is. And and then they landed and they're like, no, we really want this kind of like spray bottle approach. So we wanted to like use the in-market approach and design a new trigger. And so we went mm -hmm. through this whole round of, it was super fast, but went through this whole round of ideation and how do we do that? And then it's like, great, we got to do that. Now we need to make, I, I don't even remember the number that we had to make. It wasn't a lot, but they wanted to like give some of them away. And originally it was just going to be like influencers. And then they wanted to like make some available. <laughs> We're like, oh, it's not really, they're prototypes. You can't scale up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This without going through tooling and a whole bunch of process and the amount of time we couldn't scale. So we wound up pulling like in-market triggers, ripping the housing off of them. We found some like food safe, actually like things say they're food safe, but aren't always. Found some that are actually certified food safe pulled the, the exterior shell off of them and redesigned that and like cast, did these casting prototypes to, to create this whole like housing that went on top of there. And so we have this little orange juice sprayer for when you need to spray orange juice. I, I think it's brilliant. Perfect. Perfect idea. <laughs> I love it. I, I didn't know that was you guys. That's an impressive thing. Nice job. Yeah, that was a fun little one. Well, tell everybody how to get in touch with you and your company. Well, they can show up on our doorstep. Just kidding. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, our studio is outside of Chicago, but they can get in touch with us via our website, fuseneo.com, F-U-S-E-N-E-O.com. They can hit us up on LinkedIn. They can follow me, follow the company. They can watch. That's where they'll find a lot of our unpacked videos where we go through and dissect packaging and talk about sustainability and assembly and consumer experience, all those fun things. Right. That's probably some of the best ways to get in touch with us. Great. Thank you so much, Brent. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Aurora Packaging, for sponsoring this podcast. If you're listening, make sure you stay tuned for the next one and uh, give us a review. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright. 
helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.